Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services, and I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs. Again, that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below. When you purchase their services... Let them know Derek sent you. Another one that's Brandon. I'm Derek. That's Scar. I'm tired as fuck. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm cool. Good. I like that. I like that. Scar, how are you? I'm good. How was your thing? So I'm a I'ma put this out there for everybody who might want to get married at some point in their life and want to do a wedding and and have like a reception and catering and all that please don't open up the bar before the catering actually starts before the food gets there because mm-hmm. they opened up the bar at like 4 p.m and we didn't start serving the food till like 6 30 p.m and it was an open bar like free drinks wow and so we yeah, that's were, how it normally is. Okay. That's how it normally is. Okay. Yes. So we were supposed to serve the food to them. But because they were drunk, once the um couple came and got their food, well actually the coordinator got their food and walked it out to them at their table. Everybody else just stampeded in and started serving themselves. And so chicken was snatched and pulled pork was snatched up. And so they're almost for a second. It seemed like there wasn't going to be enough to actually serve everybody because, you know, you have a set amount of food for for the party. Right. And that's that's controlled by the people who are serving you the fucking food. Exactly. So we rushed out there because we were still, you know, they were like, all right, we're going to let y'all know. We're going to give you like 15 minutes to get everything out there and y'all can go out there and get everything set up. I didn't even get to take pictures of all the food I had cooked. Um, so we had to rush out there and we had pulled pork nachos, 
um, smoked chicken drumsticks because they wanted uh, something that they wanted a carnival style. So they wanted fair food. So the smoked chicken wings were supposed to be the equivalent of smoked turkey, uh, smoked turkey legs, chicken drumsticks. I'm sorry. We're supposed to be the equivalent of a turkey leg. Um, corn dogs, cheese on a stick, uh, fruit salad, Caesar salad. They immediately rushed everything. Um, and then when we came out there, they were still like, can I have extra chicken? Can I get three pieces of chicken? Can I get extra pulled pork? And I'm like, no, we do one spoonful for y'all as y'all come through it first. And after everybody gets started, if y'all want seconds, you can come back. Yeah, nah, it was chaos. That's not like they had a bad wedding coordinator. No. It was just, she didn't expect it. No, I mean, usually they, they open the, the, the bar is usually open before the food is done, but it's not open like hours in advance. Two hours. These niggas called me. They called me when I was still driving up and like, it might've been earlier than that. I got there at four o'clock and they were already drinking, but somebody called me at like 2.45 as I was driving to this location because it's like an hour and a half from my house. Hey, just checking in to see where you're at. I'm sorry, who is this? Oh, well, this is so-and-so. We're just checking to see where you're at because we got people sitting in here waiting. I was like, well, they told me to be there at five. So I'm on my way. Oh, okay, well, no worries. We'll be here. So they probably started drinking at like three because they had pizza when I got there. They are already sitting there eating uh, pizza and drinking. So, where the fuck yeah. did pizza come from? They ordered it and brought it with them. They had pizza. They had Mountain Dews. They had all sorts of stuff in there in the front. And like then I said, they got, had a bad wedding coordinator. This is sounds horrible. like it. And then when we got there, they um, did the actual ceremony, I think. And then they were like, "Hey, people are starting to get antsy." Can we move the dinner up like 15 minutes? And I was like, you know, I cook all the stuff at home for the most part. I was like, sure. But then them folks rushed in there. I swear to God, it looked like um, World War Z, where you find out the zombies can run the first time. Wow. And you're shocked like these niggas is running. Like, I don't think that we put enough credence on the first time that we saw like 28 days later, you know. Mm-hmm. Where the zombies were actually running and not shuffling along. I think that was the first movie I remember where they were like sprinting. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit. Same thing. Same thing. We're sitting in the back, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, it sounds like a ratchet ass well. You know, you know something I always wonder about zombie movies, especially ones that involve some version of the military why don't they ever use silencers you know what it's the same question i got for movies like jurassic park like this new one that just came out and all that where they're trying to weaponize dinosaurs we've seen we've seen this movie before why not just shoot him in the face Dinosaurs might have been a bigger problem when we were, you know, 
in the prehistoric era and all that. But nigga, you got a, a AR-15 that y'all ain't scared to use for shit with a scope on it and a long barrel. Shoot the fucking T-Rex in the eye. It's hard to shoot somebody in the eye. But it ain't hard to shoot a T-Rex in the face. It's a pretty pretty big big head. It's a pretty pretty big head. The science argument about that is that they have really tough skin. It's like shooting an alligator. Yeah, they might have really tough skin, but a bullet ain't bouncing off an alligator. No, it takes a strong bullet to fix an alligator. Look it up. That's why they don't just kill them that easy. Oh, I'm I'm (laughs) sure, but you know, the thing about folks and guns, the one thing I know about these motherfuckers with their guns, they got an app for that. If you got really tough skin, they got bull- they got armor piercing bullets. They there's an app for that. Huh? These motherfuckers have spent their entire lives figuring out how to murder things. Yeah. Hollow so bones. when the dinosaurs come out, this is your moment. I've heard so many people, and I ain't gonna say white people, just people with guns, just Man, I can't wait till the zombies come out. I can finally shoot somebody legally. That's all they want. They really want zombies to happen so they can pull out a gun and just go to town. Nigga, there's dinosaurs. Big ass T-Rexes walking down your street. Why don't you pull out that rocket launcher you were just showing me a couple days ago? The one that you know you said the government wants to take from you? Use it. No, I still don't understand that they want to take this from me situation because they're still talking that same shit that they said with Obama and like you still have your stuff mm-hmm. so why why do you because, still think that they're going to take something from you because it's the same way that who was it one of these teams in the NBA a couple years ago their mantra was nobody believes in us and they were like the fucking number one seed like what the fuck are you talking about we don't have to believe in you. You're the number one seed. Yeah. They believe that because of people that they don't listen to the same people you listen to. They the listen to a that, coach who tells them that everybody is against us. The people you get the people you get news from don't tell you you know the guns aren't being taken. Where they get information from is telling them that the guns are gonna be taken. And it's a their thing is a slippery slope. That's their that's how they make the argument. But if you take this gun, then you're gonna say this next gun is bad. Then if you take that gun, you're gonna say this next gun's bad. If you take that gun, you're gonna say this next gun's bad. The next thing you know, they're taking your guns. Because to be fair, that's what happened in other countries. Because that's what should happen. That's what happened in Australia. Yep, they got them. So then, when they need them for when the dinosaurs attack, they can fucking pull them out. Zombies, I mean, yeah, sprinting zombies, yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. They're quick. But dinosaurs, I'm going to fuck you up from a distance. The only ones I'm worried about are the velociraptors because they know how to open doors. Otherwise, we can go heads up. And I might win. Because I don't see too many dinosaurs running in packs. I feel like Brandon's trying to talk because his box is green, but I don't know. I'm not saying nothing. 
Oh, okay. I know that it was uh, kind of roboting for you, so. So this episode was called The Stigmata of Progress. I called it Gag Reflex. I really did enjoy this one. I thought that it was funny. I, I love seeing Helena act like a uh, housewife. Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, you know that those are my favorite moments in, in the show, period. Uh, when when one clone is acting like another. Well, I yes, but I mean... Yeah, yeah, okay, you got it. Yeah, that's that's those are my favorite moments in the show, period. Um, but here's my thing. The 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 like Helena is is just the worst. Well, no, no, Kasima is the worst at trying to be another one of the clones. Yeah, Kasima's like, you want me to be you, you get what you get. Yeah, because at least Helena tries to do something with her accent, but it's too heavy, so she just says as little as possible. Technically, this time she didn't try because she didn't have to because they didn't know who Allison was. So she was just herself <laughs> as Allison. Right. Yep. And I mean, honestly, I think that in the police in, in the police people, policemen, police people, I don't fucking know. But in their eyes, I feel like Allison and uh, Donnie weren't the primary suspects or even suspects. They were just like, yo, y'all's cards were there. So who else is affiliated with this? Because we see this house and y'all look really white. I hated the fact that when they when when they tried to call out Donnie for answering the questions, it's like, whoa. Like, why can't he why can't he answer the questions? And that's why he shot right back and was like, nah, you know what? I can I can do that. Yep. I can do that. So you ain't gonna do that to me. So Rachel and Charlotte have grown in their relationship. Um, I guess uh Charlotte telling her that, you know, uh, Dr. Duncan, Professor Duncan, Miss Duncan, what are we calling her? She called her, she calls her Professor Duncan. Professor Duncan. Okay. Wants her to be her new mom, you know, causes them to, you know, grow together. Um, Rachel has an, has her artificial eye, which is being examined by a caster named Ira, who's like a physician and he's like the calmest. He was so mellow that I was like, So it's not just genetic. It's just the environment that the rest of these kids grew up in was so eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, been grinding on my life sort of shit, that seeing it not like that, it's just like, oh, he's different. <laughs> just wait. And when he's asked about <laughs> about Rachel, because Rachel's like, yo, you, you different, different. He was like, I didn't grow up around my brothers. I, I was brought up separately. Yeah. And Rachel's like, yo, but even if you were brought up separately, you've been gone for like three weeks. So I figure we're at a somewhat remote place. Um, and I was like, oh, no, we're not. And he, she's like, yeah, I bet you Professor Duncan's back there somewhere, huh? My mom, hi, mom, is back there somewhere. And he's like, nah, hey, matter of fact, just sit still. I put this pigmentation in your eye. That looked and gross. Poked a needle through her eye. I mean, if it was a real eye. Right, but it still looked gross. 
And it didn't look like it took because the next time we saw her, you could still see all the different cameras. Yeah. But um, Charlotte uh, asks what Adam's rib means, and Rachel tells her that it's an old myth. Scott and Kasim are doing ultrasounds on Sarah's cheek, and they find that it is both organic and non-organic. But other than dismissing his chance of being a tracking device, they don't know what the fuck it's for. Uh, Miss S is like, we should find a doctor to remove it. But Sarah's like, nah, doing that got a nigga killed. I'm going to sit on this. Right. I'm going to chill. As they're doing this, Kira's upstairs playing a game with Hell Wizard, but she's acting like a motherfucking asshole because they won't let her into, they won't let her know the secrets that are going on. Nigga, you're seven. But she's always known more than you thought she should know. But she's always, exactly, than I thought she should know. So her mom's actually being a mom and is keeping her outside of this one. And she's like, hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna knock over your game because hmm. Yeah, that shit was that that part was dumb. Hmm. That was some little kid shit. It yeah, is some little kid shit. I, but the fact that we've never seen Kira actually act like a little kid, I mean, I can understand her anger to an extent. They took her from Cal. They didn't tell Cal where they were going. She just, you know, she was mad about that. She feels like Sarah constantly keeps her out the loop, but you're seven. And did you tell your mom you want to be in the loop? Did we try communication? I realize, but we've always also said that she seems like she knows more than, like she's the magical one out the group. So can you magically just have a conversation with somebody? But nope, she just sitting there pouting. I feel like they don't tell me nothing. Nigga, you're seven. You know what they told me when I was seven? Honestly, you're supposed to be seen and not heard. Other bullshit like that was told to me when I was seven. Exactly. If I asked more on what that meant, my dad would say, that means shut the fuck up. They didn't want me in there dancing, singing, stomping through. It was like, yo, go to your room. And and if adults were talking in the room where I was at, even if they walked into the room where I was at and started talking, you know what happened next? Scar guess. Now, they didn't want you all up in the videos. They threw me the fuck out. Dancing. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, this grown folks business, get out. Don't don't come to death row. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just like, yo, we're in an era now where her and her mom seem to have a pretty good form of communication. Like, Sarah talks to the kid constantly about all kind of wild shit. So I would have posited, hey, why not just ask if you can be more involved in this conversation? But nope. Um, Rachel's doing physical therapy and walking very poorly. Uh, Iris supervising her. And Charlotte brags about all the stuff she knows about rocks and that she learned about them in her online class like magma. And Rachel laments that she wished that she was allowed access to a computer, you know, a window to the world. And she Mm -hmm. stumbles and falls and her mom is there to catch her. Message. No? Okay, fine. I don't know what the I message can, is. I can't her say mom anything. will always be there to catch her when she falls, even if she has a detachment from her. She's still her daughter, and she loves her. I can't say anything. I know you can't. 
Uh, Kasima advises Donnie and Allison in checking on Al- or to check Allison's cheek for an implant. So Donnie. <laughs> That shit sounded nasty as fuck until they turn until the camera turned around that corner. Nasty ass fingers, right? So, um, they don't hey, find yo, anything. Yo, hold up, hold up. Let me let me get this straight. So we we did, you know, Allison has said before that she's never done the nasty, mm-hmm. right? Her idea of nasty is on the freezer. Yeah, it's doggy style basically. Um, but here's the thing. She has a gag reflex of him reaching and touching the inside of her cheek. Mm-hmm. Which means how she's... F- how the fuck do you have a gag reflex there? Like, the gag reflex is in the back of your mouth. But, like, it like, like going towards, like, the throat. Like, he was reaching... He was, like, trying to figure out if this shit was in your cheek. And you're gagging, like... You ever had somebody with some big-ass fingers and rubber gloves stick their finger in your mouth? It's a it's a disconcerting uh, feeling, especially I've if been, you. I've been to the dentist before. Uh, yeah, but you're you're that's a professional. This nigga might have been jagging, jabbing her in the cheek. Might have been sticking his fingers too close near her uvula, uvula, uvula. Fuck it. I ain't never got no gag button. reflex from. Like that's just I don't I don't understand it. So you ain't got no gag reflex. What you tell me? No, it was from from like inside of my cheek and not like towards the back of my mouth. Like that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I don't, I never felt like that did anything. I never felt this way about nothing. But I mean, it's just showing that these two aren't built for this shit. And the gag reflex, I think, was more to build up what was going to happen later on in the episode. Correct. But yeah, her gag reflex is weak and his gag reflex is set to I'ma do it too. <laughs> oh man. Um Kasima says that the Neolutionists seem to have or that they uh ne- all the Neolutionists seem to have them apparently voluntarily. And Allison asks if it would help if Kasima had one to study, and Kasima's like, Yeah, sure. And Allison and Donnie stare at each other, and uh, next thing you know, they're in the garage. Donnie's like, yo. Allison's like, yo, go rent a jackhammer, and let's get to work. Donnie's like, hey, we might as well just buy one of these motherfuckers. Right? And Allison's like, you know what? You ain't wrong. Like, the life we live in, you ain't wrong, wrong. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope he rented it from a different place than they rented the first one, though. I doubt it. But in there, you, you better, you better, you better be careful. If somebody's gonna start asking some questions. Yeah, but in their area, I'm like, yo, they probably ain't even thinking about that shit. Unless the cops come in, they'll be like, you know what? There was a couple. The only couple. <laughs> Because, I mean, how often do you need to rent a jackhammer? The, the only couple. They were here twice. That sort of thing. Yeah, but now they're good. They're about to get leaky up out of there. Exactly. And then they're just going to uh, do the concrete again. Hopefully, they'll do a concrete that matches the fucking color of the rest of the concrete this time. Yeah. 
because it was like completely darker than the rest of the floor. Um, Dr. Leakey, they figure, probably had one in his cheek. And the thought of exhuming Leakey bothers Donnie. But Allison's concern is, yo, my sister has a robot maggot in her face. <laughs> so let's get to work. Sarah goes to Felix to tell him about the implant. And there's a strange woman there who's constantly drinking and hella brash and knows Sarah. Uh, she figures that Sarah's Felix's drug dealer and asks how much they owe her until Felix comes in and explains the woman's name is Adele. Huh? Huh? Hello. Exactly. Did this show come out right when Adele first hit the scene? Um, when did when did when did Adele come out? I don't know. Let's this see. show came out in 2016, so I doubt it. But I mean, it was after she had hit, so maybe the name was just in their mouth. Um, I'm I'm looking for when the first. But. Adele is his real biological sister. And she's also a lawyer, although the word disbarment is heard. And, you know, it's because literally she's drinking and doing drugs. So Adele was out before way before this show. Yeah, I mean, but that might have been a name that gives more credence to the fact that they might have been like, that's a good name to use for a character in our show. Yeah. Um, Donnie comes out and asks Helena to keep the kids occupied for a few hours because him and Allison have a project in the garage and no one's allowed in and they get to work. Um, Sarah still has Dizzy's phone and uses it to find his apartment and he's there uh, and annoyed at her for stealing his phone, but, you know, she gives it back to him. She starts by explaining that she's MK's sister and he doesn't want anything to do with her deal. But he reaches out and touches her right cheek and feels the worm there and now he'll talk. He's been hearing a technology like that and there's guys with theories, but no one has any answers that he knows. Um, and she tells him that she would like to get in contact with MK, but Dizzy says nobody can. MK finds who she wants. Uh, but Dizzy has a name for the guy in the video, which is Alonzo Martinez. Sounds like an oxymoron. Right? Or Alonzo Mourning. Huh? Huh? No? Okay, cool. Susan, Rachel, Ira, and Charlotte are eating dinner together, and Susan says that Rachel should be grateful for her new eye and being healed, but Rachel's still mad at Susan, and, you know, she's still thinking about why Susan will be gone for two months and realizes that they probably tried and failed to find a Lita original and that Sarah's probably, you know, put one over on him again. Right. Susan says that Charlotte is a derived clone, a clone from Rachel, and that's why Charlotte knows the phrase Adam's rib. Susan said it took 400 attempts to get to Charlotte, which outrages Rachel. And Rachel, yeah. We knew that. We knew that, though. Mm hmm. But Rachel didn't. Yeah, Rachel didn't, but we, but they told, uh, what you call it? Um, Marilyn told. Yeah. Sarah. And so Rachel gets on Susan's helmet. Bad enough that Susan just stands up and just walks out and Ira runs off after her. And Rachel seems very pleased with her results. This is an episode where daughters act out against their mothers. Pretty much. Donnie and Allison have dug out the garage floor and have gotten a leaky's wrapped bottom or wrapped body. And 
they are trying so hard to keep from throwing up. Yeah, I, I mean, now I, I think they can open the garage and let the smell out. I can't imagine what that must smell like. Oh, my God. Oh, friggin' mortis. Oh, I mean, his face looked all slimy. Ugh, like the skin had peeled away or something. Oh, my God. Um, Art is still looking at the footage from Beth's security camera, and he notices the time that Martin came in and talked to Beth at her house. Uh, and Sarah arrives and shows him the video of Alonzo Martinez and the attempt to get his implant out. And that reminds Art of Beth in the missing cheat case. Sarah's scared, and, and like Alonzo, she wants to get this thing out of her cheeks, seriously. And so Art asks her to stay and crash because she's also exhausted. And he's like, he'll see what he can find out on Alonzo. Helena calls Sarah and tells her about the twins, and Helena's please. They'll always have each other like us, but I don't want them to grow up like me. Which, That's real. Yeah. That's real. I mean, as a parent, you, you know. I mean, I, th- I thought that multiple, multiple times, which is why I bought 95% of the dumb shit that I bought, and which is why if I didn't have kids, I'd be rich. Pretty much. Do you know how it feels. I feel like they were talking about something different, though. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah. the whole scarring on the back and the Proletheans and yeah, <laughs> right. me too. That's what, they, that's what they were talking about, but... But still, but, I mean, you know, if I didn't have to buy a, a two or three Playstations every time I bought one, it's a lot of money in them books. Yeah. And Brandon won't buy us Playstations. I asked him like six times. I got you. Brandon won't even send me 500 bucks. All he says is, I got you. <laughs> I got you. All Brandon ever says is, I got you. I got you. I'm, t- I'm just trying to um, fulfill your promise to make sure Devin doesn't have to grow up like you grow up. So I sent him money. That'll work as long as somebody's <laughs> getting your money. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it. You know what? I have realized that I am at the point in time where if my wife said I'm having an affair and I was like, why? And she was like, um, cause. And then I found out that the dude was paying our rent because she's putting it on him so good. I wouldn't even be mad. I'd just be like, that's a savings. Like he's paying our mortgage every month. You putting it on him like that. Hey, did you try this move? Did you do the the, the lack of gag reflex did you, on him? Did you do the thing? Did you did, did you do, you do the, the thing, thing where you spin around on him? Yeah, did you do the thing? Hey, hey, I bet you if you cup his balls, he'll also pay for our car notes. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to step up the experiments here. Like, he's paying our whole mortgage? So where's the mortgage payment that's coming out of my account? Like, let's have that talk now. I'm actually getting my uh, house ready to sell now. That's what I've been doing. Where are you moving to? I don't know yet. We're going to move to an apartment for a little bit. Somewhere so we can decide. Yeah, well, we're trying to figure out where we want to stay. So our house got like a ridiculous amount of equity in two years, like an absurd amount. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening in this area. Uh, so we were like, we should just cash out now. We're going to get a six-month lease in an apartment and then try to decide where we want to buy our our forever home or whatever. We might okay. stay here in Dallas. We might go to Houston. We might go to Atlanta. Um, haven't decided yet. So I say this with no... Like, like this, is, this is not a joke. 
you're smarter than me in like a million different ways. And so I have a question. Yeah. Um, if you haven't finished paying off your house and you sell your house, what because happens? Of, because of the equity that's built. The I got equity that, in the house. The amount that the purchaser pays is going to be over the amount that he owes. So that difference is his. Yes. You pay off your rent. You keep what's left. So our house in two years has gotten like $150,000 in equity. Huh. So, so that means our house is worth 150000 more than what we owe, roughly, give or take. But and we're in the seller's market, so it might even be more than that because we have multiple buyers, potentially. So we sell our house, we pay off our mortgage. Our goal is to then pay off all of our credit card debt and all that bullshit. And then we're going to go rent Nigga, for six months, save up another house, bunch of money. And my then, house has, uh, hold, on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep doing the math. So, yeah, so then we're going to rent for six months. And because we won't have no debt, we'll have a ton of extra money every month. So we can save up even more. And then during that time, we're going to try to figure out where we want to actually settle down. Do we want to, we like it here. So do we want to stay here? Uh, we're going to wait till after the election. So that'll kind of help. See, and then go somewhere. If we, our house has amassed $424,000 in equity since we initially bought it. That means, well, it doesn't matter how much. Well, it's probably more than that then because it's, you don't owe what you originally bought it for. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is you sell your house, you pay off whatever you owe, and the rest you have in the pocket. Yeah, the only problem can, is the housing market out here is so fucking absurd. Yeah, you live yes. in California. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. but but you gotta understand that you would probably be putting down significantly more money than you did the first time, right? So like mm-hmm. if I'm buying a six hundred thousand dollar house or seven hundred thousand dollar house, if I put down a hundred and fifty grand, it's not a six hundred thousand dollar house. It's a five hundred and fifty it's a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. be paying mortgage on four hundred and fifty even though it's a six hundred thousand dollar house, so that's what happens when you when you do this. Uh, it's not really a buyer's market. That's another reason why we're rating six months because the interest rates are high. So, like when we bought our house, our interest rate was like two point eight, and now the prime rates are like five. <laughs> so, uh, because of inflation, they had to raise the interest rates to kind of curb that. So, as inflation levels out, the interest rates will drop again, which is what we're hoping for. And then in six months, we can get back in the market when it's a better market. Also, Sacramento is not bad relative to the rest of California. Oh, yeah. So no, you not probably at all. could get something pretty good. It's not like you're trying to move into San Francisco somewhere, <laughs> which is absurd. The median house in San Francisco is $895,000. Median. Sounds about right. So yeah, huh. you should look into it. Huh. Huh. Okay. Go equity. Go equity. It's your birthday. Or if you don't want to leave. That's, that definitely sounds like a little black girl. <laughs> that's that's actually good. <laughs> as soon as you started saying that, I imagined a little black girl dancing. Yo, speaking of a little black girl dancing. 
Pooh Bear. That was literally her first dance. Her first dance. Her first dance is it's the little the little eighth grade jump right before she goes to high school, and um, I'm afraid. Why? I'm afraid I might have to hurt somebody. No, <laughs> like, um, I see. I see my child. I see my child all dolled up and wearing a dress like she's not she's not a dress person you know she's she's like the rest of these kids like she she wears hoodies in the summer like it's, you know what i mean like it's weird um so i like, wear hoodies <laughs> in the summer i i sell drugs in the neighborhood black dynamite i don't i don't understand that shit like it's 90 degrees outside why the fuck are you in the house with a hoodie on um so i i so like seeing her and like of course I, of course, I believe that my daughter is beautiful and like, you know, I'm supposed to think that like, you know, she looks like me um, and I <laughs> and I'm fucking awesome. Um, but, you know, like now everyone gets to see what I've seen and I don't want people to see what I've seen. Like my, my biggest one of my biggest fears as a well, my, my biggest concerns as a father is there's going to be a young man or lady who looks at my daughter the same way I used to look at her mom. And that is a terrifying thought. It's the dumbest thing I've heard you say in a long, long time. So. It's it's like, I mean, I, I know I want my daughter to be happy and all that kind of stuff, but like that, just that thought is, uh, this, and, and I know it's going to happen. It's a, it's, you know, circle of life and all that other stuff, but like uh, someone's going to be like, someone's going to feel that strongly about my daughter at some point. You will want somebody to feel that strongly about your daughter. I do. But I, but like, it's, I feel like it's too soon. (laughs) Like it's, It's too soon for someone to feel that way. Like it's too soon. It is too soon. She's in eighth grade. But I mean, if, if somebody does feel that way about her, I think that more, then the thought of it's too soon. It's the thought of how strongly you felt about her mom. Like that's a deep, deep, deep love that you had for her. And you're scared that you're, that she might open herself up to feeling that way about somebody and then get her heart broken the way that you did. No, that, that, the deep, deep love that I felt for her mom came from a deep, deep lust and that is what I'm worried about. Well, that's that's the part that, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, and I know that you are you are a parent of uh, two two beautiful young ladies. Mm-hmm. So you've you've gone through this, mm-hmm. and so like it's I don't know. Like you've gone through this, so I I can understand you're saying you're worrying for nothing. Um, and this is something that you want for your child. Yeah, but like this is my only. And like someone's gonna someone's gonna someone's gonna come in and take my child away from me. I don't know. And this is something that you this is something that you want to happen for your child, but you just don't want it to happen right now. Yeah. I still say that you're gonna be just fine. I will be. I will be. When when the time comes, I will be. I will be just fine. Um but she, you know, she looks so nice. She did. She looked absolutely glamorous. She looked really pretty. Like, and she looked happy. Absolutely. When she called me afterwards, because I had her call me afterwards, uh, she said uh, she was 
she was she was on a basically a sugar rush. Um, you know, she's been she's been going to a nutritionist, so they've been trying to work out some things with her diet and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I told her go have as much fun as you possibly have, eat, drink, and be merry, basically. Uh, and she was on a serious sugar rush um, when she called me, and it was it was just kind of cute. Even though I called it, I was just like, you know, y'all kids don't have much in the way of social skills. So basically what's going to happen is like you and your homegirls are basically going to stand in a circle and kind of dance in the corner. And she was just like, yeah, that actually happened, uh, except for we weren't in a circle. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea Sacramento was so close to San Francisco or something. It's very close. (laughs) The cool thing about Sacramento, the cool thing about us is that. We are literally two hours from damn near everything. You're two hours from Reno, too. Yeah. We're two hours from Reno. We're like an hour and a half from the Bay. Uh, We're we're two hours from Fresno. We're six hours from L.A. And if you fly, everything is 45 minutes, an hour and 45 minutes tops. Shit. So we're in a good place. I mean, have you ever been to Reno? Yeah, we used to have we had AAU tournaments out there. It's, I'm talking about like to, I'm talking about for like you to visit, not like for 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 basketball. Well, visit. you know, I, I I have a gambling addiction, so I've been there, and I now when I go, it's strictly business. You know, I don't even go like when we were just in Vegas for our AAU tournament. Um, we actually stayed at a, at a hotel casino. Like the casino was huge. I never came out the room. <laughs> I I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I don't talk about it much, but I like I mean, the I the lights, the excitement, and the feeling of uh, playing cards. Like I will chase that rush, like it's the white horse. So. I am aware of it, and so I distance myself from it. Okay. I've been to the little piece of shit, like, slot machine places around here, um, and I, I go in with a certain amount of money, and I say, once this shit is gone, I'm out. And yeah. I've, I've done that a couple of times, and, and I mean, it might be different. The thing is, it I might don't be- have that control. That's the problem. I'll go in there and say, once this money is gone, I'm done, but even if I win – I've I've been there and won like eight hundred dollars at a table, and instead of doing what anybody else in their right mind would do and just walking away, I say, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before. Now I'm playing with house money. Yeah, that's what most people say. Mm-hmm. That's the mistake. And then you said it. What? The but I'm not. I'm not. But I don't set aside anything. Because I'm just chasing that rush of excitement of playing the game. Yeah, the like it's not about do, the money to me; it's about playing <clears throat> the game. And at that point, you set a number and you play to that number. Yeah, that's what people with self control can do. I yeah, I'm, I'm never, I'm I'm not a guy who is about risk. Yeah, neither is Nisha. 
Yeah, when I'm not really about risk. Like everything that I do, uh, you know, and probably everything that we do as Virgos uh, is pretty well calculated. Yeah. Also, I'm looking Sacramento housing market. That's pretty fucking good in California. Mm-hmm. Because again, shit. we're so close to the bay. That reminds me of stuff you can get here. Yeah. Price wise. I thought it was going to be like the rest of California. When we were looking at houses in San Diego, that shit was uh, depressing. (laughs) Very depressing. San Diego is almost Mexico, right? Yes. It's like 25 minutes from Tijuana. Mm -hmm. Where you can see the donkey show. I never actually saw a donkey show. I just noted for a long time in movies, they made that into the joke. Yeah, I don't want to see no donkey shows. No. We we could. Yeah. Um, well, Allison and uh and Donnie are still out in the garage. The police pull up. Um, they want to interview the Hendrixes about the triple homicide a few weeks back when Helena killed Punchy and his associates. Pouchy. Pouchy, sorry. Pouchy. Uh Allison is cutting in Aliki's body and Donnie comes into the house to get some water for them and to get a breather. And here's the detective talking to Helena and joins them. And Helena's still playing the role of Allison. So she addresses Donnie as, hello, husband Donald. And after excusing himself to clean up, he goes to the garage and tells Allison what's going on. And she's like, this body? And then he's like, no, a different body. (laughs) And she says... Jesus Christ on crab cakes? Something like that. <laughs> She's always doing uh, substitutions and that it just doesn't work very well. Her, the way that she says them sounds like Robin from the 1960s Batman. Holy <laughs> crab cake Christ on a sandwich, Batman. Exactly. And a detective found or shows um, Donnie and Helena something that they found at Pouchy's, which is one of Alice's election flyers. So Donnie lies that Pouchy and family must have been supporters. And he's like, oh, my God, they supported us. Right. Uh, I mean, what else can you do? Right. Oh, my God. It's even they supported us. We felt so bad. And the detectives are like, yeah, they weren't good people. So we don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, no, not the kind of people you want to run with. And so they ask um, Helena who, well, you know, who her campaign people were. And Donnie is like, uh, Sarah, Sarah Stubbs is her campaign manager. And the woman, the lady police officer is like, oh, when I ask her a question, I'll need you to talk. And he's like, I can do that. And then he went, he went full as he went, I don't, it wasn't quite ether, but like, he, no, he, it I, was full on. It was full on Jay-Z and 99 problems. Yeah. Uh, Sir, do you know what I'm stopping you for? Cause I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am <laughs> I under arrest or should I guess some more? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, I ain't stepping out of shit. All my paper's legit. Well, do you mind if I look around the car a little bit? Well, my glove compartment's locked. So is the trunk in the back. And I know my rights. So you're going to need a warrant for that. <laughs> exactly. <Get laughs> Which em. a lawyer has went to multiple schools and told uh, law students, that's not true. Don't let Jay-Z get you fucked up. <laughs> they don't need a lawyer. They, they don't need a warrant to get and get drunk if there's probable cause. But that's what he was apartment. asking. Even if you, even if you was... have it locked. Even if you have it locked, they, they don't give a fuck. They'll just break your shit if there's probable cause. But that's what Jay-Z is asking. Do you have probable cause for any of this? Yeah, he's young and he's black and his hat's real low. Yeah, but like, do so there you was have a any, case. Do you have there anything was a, else? There's a law case that um, made that happen. That was like, <laughs> it was ruled like almost unanimous in favor of letting it happen, even Thurgood Marshall, because it made sense at the time, but then police just took it too far. Because like in the case, there was this black dude who was like just walking around casing the joint, like just casing it back and forth, back and forth, over and over again, casing the joint. And so the police like was like, hey, this looks really suspicious. And then they they go and they think they had probable cause to stop him and search him. And he had a bunch of guns. He was about to, he was about to um, rob the place. But they took the case. He had this black lawyer and it was the first Supreme Court case ever argued by a black lawyer. And it went all the way up to the Supreme Court and basically, the guy was arguing, like, hey, he can't just stop and pull me over. Basically, like, stop in first school, like, pull somebody over and look in their car. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Supreme Court ruled, yeah, you can't do it for no reason. But, like, there's got to be, like, some law that will allow a cop to, like, stop someone if it's obviously suspicious. Yeah. Like, something, yeah. I forget the exact word. There's got to be, there's gotta be <laughs> something. There's got to be something that allows them to make the call. Yeah, it's got to be something that allows a cop to do that. Or what's the point of having police? So uh, in in the song, because I'm looking at um, this legal analysis of Jay-Z's 99 problems. They said because he was doing 55 and a 54, he was speeding. So legalized stop. Where does anyone have a 54 mile an hour speed? Jay Z is the one who made the lyrics. Don't ask me. <laughs> Thus, he cannot right. refuse to comply with the lawful command of a police officer who has lawfully detained him. Refusing to do so is essentially asking to be arrested. Moreover, the officer may have had a lawful reason for asking to step out the car, such as a protective weapon search. This kind of search applies to the vehicle itself. So if the officer has a specific reason to believe the vehicle has weapons, the officer can perform a protective search where weapons may be readily accessible. Yeah, that's the problem. What's a, what's a legitimate reason to think it would have weapons? Because he's young and he's black and his hat's roll up. Um, exactly. We, we, we've seen what happens when you tell a cop that you have a, cop, uh, a gun in the car that, that you legally own. His, his name Put is simply, Pastor. locking your glove box, trunk, and back doors will not require the police to get a warrant before searching them. In fact, pursuant to the Supreme Court case California versus Acevedo, there is essentially no warrant requirement for automobiles or their compartments. There are a few hypothetical state situations where the police uh, find probable, probable cause. Um, but for our purposes and Jay-Z's, the warrant requirement is completely irrelevant. 
But when he says, we'll see how smart you are when the canines come, that presents an interesting dilemma because the Supreme Court has held dog sniffs of vehicles are not a search. Therefore, if Jay-Z was pulled over by a canine unit and the dogs immediately on hand, walked around the car and alerted officers to the raw in the trunk, he'd be sunk. However, here the officer says when the canines come. So that's a situation where the officer doesn't seem to know the law very well because police officers cannot detain somebody longer than necessary to facilitate a dog sniff. Who wrote a fucking think piece about 99 problems? A lawyer. A lawyer. Like oh I said, God. niggas were really out there listening to this song and thinking, okay. <laughs> I hate it. So he could only lawfully detain Jay-Z long enough to get his identification, run his license, and process a ticket. Anything further would be an illegal detention or would require an independent basis justifying detaining the suspect longer. Here, the cop does not seem to have a leg to stand on. Even if the canine sniff uncovered all the drugs in the trunk, they'd be suppressible. Okay. But, if I mean, as far as we know, Donnie was right. There's There was no stopping him from answering those questions because it was about the campaign. Mm-hmm. Which, he, which he was which a he part was, of. Which he was a part of. And even if not, you ain't going to tell me not to talk. I'm going to talk all I want. Exactly. You tell me to shut the fuck up, I'll be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Will you leave? I'll be talking again. (laughs) But um, they asked Helena again, who else was on your campaign? And Helena stares blankly for a few seconds and then literally names everybody. All the campaign managers, the coordinators, transport people, and media people. And the detectives leave to see if they'll to see if any of those people knew Pouchy's family. And Allison's like, of course she knows everybody's name. She's a fucking assassin. It's her job to memorize her names. She's still killmonger because you know she's still mad about the, the twins. Correct. The babies. Babies. And they continue cutting in Aliki's body and they find his head and his face. And the smells overwhelming to them both. But then she sees something strange and pink amidst the rot in the right cheek, which is literally, it looks like a, well, a polyp has grown out of the cheek yeah. once he died. Like, look, it was just gross looking. Very much so. Charlotte and Rachel are painting, each of them doing half the painting because they know a security camera is following them. And so are watching them and they have the painting between them and the camera. While talking of inconsequentials, Rachel lifts the painting a bit to expose the words, did you get my message out? And Charlotte paints yes underneath it. And then they paint over those words. Uh, Charlotte coughs and there's blood on her lips and Rachel's concerned. But Charlotte's like, yeah, sometimes when I cough, I, I spit blood. What can you do? And then they just kept it moving like, well, nothing wrong with that. Right? Like, what do you, like, what can you do? You know. Sarah gets a call from Art, who went to the police station and got data on Alonzo Martinez, who lived in Toronto, and then went to Bogota. But four months later, came, but four months ago, came back to Toronto and only stayed one night and then went back to Bogota. While he was there, he took a cab to a certain dental clinic that specializes in 
implants. As he's saying this, he notices Martin Duco in the hall and goes to ask Duco why. Tell me why. When Beth was suspended, Duco went to her house because such house calls aren't, aren't aren't usual. And Martin's like, yeah, unless you think she's like on drugs and shit. I, I don't think this was a good look for Art. No. Like Art Art should not put himself that he knows something. He should mm-hmm. not put this on blast right now. He shouldn't have played his hand so quickly. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Because the dude was looking at him like the fuck you gonna do? And he looks so mild mannered that I know he got a blicky. He's a cop. Well, I mean a, a unregistered blicky. He's a cop that works for the for the for, for Neolution. So I know he got a blicky. Yeah. Very much so. And Allison and Donnie phone Kasima and Donnie's like, so um I'ma tell you some shit, but um before I tell you, how you doing? How your mama? They good? You good? What you eating? You eating you eating chicken? Is it brandy fried chicken? I, I went to the store a couple days. De- Donnie, okay. So I was driving in the car and it was rainy and it was a little bit muggy and one thing led to another. You know how that goes and I killed Leaky. So anyway, um, <laughs> we buried him and he has one of those things in his face, which is really all you wanted, right? Like, yeah. And Kasim was like, you killed Leaky? And Donnie's like, did I ever? <laughs> <laughs> I fucked him the fuck up. <laughs> Ah, uh, that nigga is a Tony Braxton lyric because he will never breathe again. <laughs> <sighs> so they're like, there's a polyp in his cheek. And so they're going to get the head to Cosima because it needs to be carefully dissected. By a professional. By a professional. So Cosima and Scott. And so Sarah visits the dental clinic and sneaks past the receptionist and roots around a bit. And Leslie, a nurse, stops her. Because she thinks Sarah's Beth. And she says she's covered for her in the past and they know that she's digging and she can't help anymore. These people just talk a lot. That's when, that's when Sarah should have known to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. But instead, Sarah's like, it's not that. They did the implant procedure on me too and I want to get it out. And Leslie's like, I can do it. It's dangerous though. And Siobhan is in a park calling Benjamin over and over again because Benjamin, I guess, was supposed to meet her there, but he ain't answering his Remember, phone. Benjamin was supposed to get her in touch with the doctor that's supposed to be able to help. Yes. All these people not knowing who Beth is is blowing me a little bit. I feel like if someone stepped in front of a moving train and got ran over, that would be big news. I don't even live in a city with a subway. But if someone stepped, if some random person that turned out to be a cop just committed suicide on the no, New York City subway and just ran remember, out to the train, I remember, probably would hear about it here in Dallas. Remember, Beth's body was claimed by Sarah. That was to to all to oh, all yeah, involved. Yeah, to all point. involved, that was Sarah. That I forgot. Beth. That was Sarah Manny. Good point. Don't piss on the electric fence. I don't know why that just popped into my head. <laughs> no idea, but 
Yeah. <laughs> so um Ferdinand pops up and she's like <laughs> Miss S like ugh. Ferdinand's like, aren't we friends? And he, she's like, you killed two of my friends, so no, nigga, we ain't. What do you yeah, want? She, she, pull, she pulls out the hammer. Like She's like, nope. She pulled a blicky like, mm, no, we're friends like sound like a Starscream and Megatron are friends. Right. We might have to work together for a purpose, but I will not hesitate to throw you out the truck like want to bet. Um, he says that he knows that she's investigating the illusion technology and that she's looking for a specialized doctor and he thinks they can help each other out because he knows about the bots and how they're dangerous and that one of your people has one. He's like, it's either Kira or Sarah. I mean, you ain't going to care about nobody else. Ferdinand says he knows a Neo network in the area that handles them. Uh, so then Art at that moment calls uh, Miss S to let her know that Sarah was supposed to check in with him like an hour ago because she was investigating a dental clinic and hasn't called back. And Miss S and Ferdinand share a look. You know, if one of my kids had a kid, I would push them to have the middle name be Ferdinand. The more I hear the name, the more I'm like, that's a solid ass name. Uh, But then I was like, as far as a nickname. I don't think you remember where this goes. No, I'm just saying as a nick as a as a name. I'm thinking more like the Disney cartoons about Ferdinand the Bull. My 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 cousin his his middle name is Fitzgerald. That kind of works. Same word. Not after scandal. It, no, I mean like yeah, he, he was. I'm sure your cousin was born before scandal. But now, if I name a kid Fitzgerald after scandal, it has a different connotation. So does Ferdinand. Archbishop Ferdinand, yeah, Archduke Ferdinand. No, the fucking the the fucking rock band, Franz Ferdinand. Oh yeah, you say you don't know. I say (laughs) you don't know. I tell you, Mm. take me out. I'm not going. I need to listen to that song. I like that song. But at the dental clinic, Leslie uh, made, throws everybody made, else out. Made famous by uh, Apple commercials. Really? Yeah. I can see that. Most people most people started hearing the song because of Apple commercials. I bet you that those commercials are the reason why Shazam got started. Because niggas would be like, what is that song? I know that yeah. song. Now they got to do a Shazam. It, it's much easier. Back in the day, well, you just have you, to struggle. You don't even have to Shazam it no more. You can just turn on your, you turn on your Google. Turn your microphone on Google, and Google will do it for you too. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. Pooh Bear put me on that. I didn't know. See, the kids is all right. Um, at the dental clinic, Leslie throws everybody else out, and while she's alone with Sarah, she injects something into her mouth and attaches a framework on her face that holds her mouth open. And she sticks a dental probe in. But from the angle that I saw, she didn't even touch anything. She just had it like. Yeah, but she gave her the thing to number, so she doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, and tells Sarah, "Hey, now that it's punctured, if you move, it'll release fatal toxins." No, Blink we if you saw understand what, what I'm saying. We saw what happened when it was punctured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like that didn't happen to me yet. Mm-hmm. 
And Leslie's like, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, you're asking too many questions. So my supervisors will be here in a bit. So then the door to the room opens and a person walks in and slits Leslie's throat. And it's Ferdinand. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Ferdinand. (laughs) You might know me from such shows as I Kill Everybody. Right. And have you ever been murdered by somebody with a British accent? Yeah. He just he just slit her throat and kept it moving. He then took the pro from Leslie's hand and was like, you know, she wasn't touching shit. Otherwise, you'd be dead. And Sarah's surprised that Ferdinand is there, but he came to pass a message that, she, that he received from Rachel, which is that Susan Duncan's alive. Um, and Susan visits Rachel and they argue about how Susan abandoned her and how love don't live here anymore. Um, and she was like, I thought all this time that you were dead. Uh, and Susan was like, well, I had to take care of this nigga over here instead of taking care of you. And Rachel was like, well, while you were being mommy dearest to this nigga, I had to be raised by Dr. Leakey and shit and had to do boarding school and riding through topside and the Helsinki incident. And she doesn't know what it or we clones are for. And Susan's like, well, the goal is to control all human evolution and to create the perfect human being. Which is not Charlotte, by the way. Because Charlotte coughs up blood, so she has the same thing that Cosima has going on. And I what I'm thinking... kind of glossed over that shit. Like, she coughs up blood and just... And they just look... And they just keep fucking painting. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this, needs, this warrants a conversation. Well, what I'm thinking is that it's gonna that's what's gonna get Rachel to work with the other clones. It's gonna be Charlotte coughing up blood and her knowing that Kasima has that situation going on. You think? I'm hoping. That Rachel will be like, Save my baby. And then Helena will be like, She has baby, Sestra. That's it. Randy, you got any thoughts? No, I'm good. Scar, you got anything coming up? Uh no, but I was I'm gonna say like I love how like that one episode that we were all kind of like, uh now everything is leading back to that episode. Like the way that they're they're bringing everything back to what happened there um is just very good storytelling. In, in my opinion, I think it's really good storytelling. Like they told you, they told you, uh, uh, you know, they gave you a framework of what happened. And then you now you're going back in every episode. They're kind of filling in some more of the blanks. You know, you've said that like three episodes now. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I know. You enjoy saying it over and over again. Leave a review on Spotify, then leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. Uh, you can also hit up Scar on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at That Cool Black Nerd. The show is RTO. Oh, Black is B O K. Um, the show is RTO Podcast, and you'll find me at Ratchet Book Club. Um, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. Or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Ooh, a dream. Definitely. Or you can uh, leave a tip on the uh, tip jar in the Good Pods app. Shout out 
The voicemail number is 916-633-1537. And the email address is returnoswald at gmail.com. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com which is M-A-K-A-I-H dot com or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know about now, then you slip.